Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen, I heard something in my spirit. This is not Keith talking now. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this. Stay hooked. Stay joined. Stay connected where I put you. And there are some exceeding great and good things ahead. Don't unhook prematurely. Don't leave. Don't miss out on what I have planned for you. Stay hooked. And you'll see good things ahead. Amen. Amen. I know that sounds simplistic, but listen. I've seen so many people, God joined them to something or to someone or some work, and and they unhook and miss out. The devil's always trying to sever you from what God joined you to. Do you know that? That was specifically for some people in here, right? It's for everybody, all of us in a measure, but some individuals particularly Listen to it now. Don't don't just sit up. Well, what does Brother Keith think he's doing? I mean, he he think he's prophesying. I know I am. I don't think. I know. But instead of you thinking about that, you should be listening to what's said. Stay hooked where God joins you. Now I don't know that that means myriad of things. We have visitors from other churches here tonight, and if God joins you to another church, stay hooked at that church. Till he gives you further direction. Well, I don't like what's going on there. That's not a reason to leave. Well, so-and-so didn't treat me right. That's not direction. Well, this is not happening fast enough for me. Or I don't like this or that. See, people are led by all kind of silly, frivolous, foolish, carnal, baby stuff. Instead of being led by the Lord. You know, if the Lord joined you to this church. And if he releases you and directs you to some other church and you really have heard from the Lord and it's really right for you to be at some other church, I insist that you go. But if he didn't and you just unhook yourself because, you know, you don't like something some way or another, then you are going to miss some things that God had joined for you. And I just I got a glimpse in my spirit when I was sitting over there when they're singing. God has got some kind of good things planned for us. I'm telling you. The, the word exceeding, exceeding, hallelujah, exceedingly good things. Sometimes your spirit, well, a lot of times your spirit knows things your head don't know. I mean exceedingly good things, but you got to stay hooked. I said you got to stay hooked. Got to stay hooked. Glory to God. Got to stay hooked. Amen. I know you, you've heard it before, but some some folk need to hear it in here tonight. The Lord hooked me to Brother Hagin. He told me, help Brother Hagin. That was my direction. Help Brother Hagin. Three words. In 1981. Help Brother Hagin. So, I showed up and... Uh, I didn't know Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin didn't know me. I didn't bug him. I didn't bother him. I just showed up. And was on the front row. Every service. And they said, we, we want somebody to uh, file cards. I said, well, Brother Hagin needs help filing cards. We, we want somebody to talk to people after the service. That was me. We need somebody to greet people at the door. Brother Hagin needs help with greeting at the door. Did you hear me? See, it's, it's amazing how folk, you know, they, they said the Lord told me to help, but then you, you ask them about helping and they say, well, that's not my ministry. But if you got something on the platform, have, we've heard that, right? Uh, those exact words. I mean, it, I'm not making this up. If you got something on the platform, I'd be available. Well, now, why would you not? You're not available for this, but you could become available for platform work. Well, that means they want to be seen. And how many understand in the scripture, you must first be proven. Is that right? A lot of folk don't like that and they don't want to talk about that. But the scripture says they should first be proven. First. And you, you first thing you prove is that you can get up and come to church. <laughs> More than once a month. Right? 
Just simple, basic things like that. You know, I had a a, a fellow that I had uh, prayed for for years. A man that I, I care about and wanted to see him, and he just floundered in life. And year after year, and year after year, just trouble, trouble, trouble. And I prayed for him, and prayed for him, and prayed for him. Finally, the Lord spoke to me one day. He said, nothing is going to change for him till he does what I told him to do. I thought, oh, well, I asked him, I said, Lord, because now this is not always any of your business. A lot of times the Lord will tell you that's between me and them. But on this one, he told me, I said, well, what did you tell him to do? He said, I told him to get in church and be faithful in church. And I told him to get a job and keep it. And until he does those two things, nothing else will be coming to him. Friend, how many understand if you're not faithful in the small, and if you're not faithful in the first, then there's not going to be a second. There's nothing coming next. And I got a good healing sermon planned for you right here. But we got to talk about this first. The Lord wouldn't have said that unless some people are on the verge of missing it. What did the Lord join you to? Who did he hook you up with? The Lord told me, help Brother Hagin. So I swept the floor. I vacuumed carpet. I washed off the sidewalk. I filed cards. I uh, talked to people and greeted them. And then I talked to people after the service and read scriptures to them. And then I, I helped people get saved. And I helped people get filled with the Spirit. And uh, next thing, they asked me to participate in, in a ministry area after some time. And I did. And then after years, they asked me to uh, teach in the, the school. And uh, next thing I know, I'm, I'm an instructor at the school. After years. Everybody say years. 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 Not two days. Years. years. Somebody asked me, how did you believe to get to be a Rama instructor? I didn't. I was just there to help Brother Hagin. Did you hear me? It wouldn't have made no difference if it was washing his car or shining his shoe or cutting his grass. But in this particular case, they required help teaching in the school. Well, okay. Help on the road. And and, and years passed by. And, and other years passed by. And I had a, a, you know, people prophesied to me. One fellow internationally known, if I called his name, you'd know him. He, he prophesied to me in 86, I believe it was. He said, you're supposed to have your own ministry. You're not supposed to just be a helps minister to other ministries. I knew that was right. I knew that was right in my spirit. So I stayed another, what was it? Ten something years? Eleven years? <laughs> I said, why did you stay? Because I was supposed to. God joined me there. Are you listening? And I knew it when there was the release. But it wasn't after two days. And it wasn't after six months. And it wasn't after a year. Oh friend I have seen people. I have seen people. God hook them up to a good ministry. Or good people. Or good church. And when the new war off. And the honeymoon is over. They're going to go somewhere else. They're going to and just flounder. And just go from this new thing. To that new thing. Trying to look for something that will satisfy. And friend. If you're out of your place. You're out of your grace. And you'll fall on your face. You will. You will be miserable. Why? You're out of your place. Out of your place. Listen, friend, that wasn't just Brother Keith talking a minute ago. Did you hear? I believe the Lord says, stay hooked where he's joined you. And if you will, there's some exceedingly good things ahead of you. Amen. How many have a witness that that's not just Brother Keith talking now? That that's... All right, know the difference. Learn to discern. You know, a lot of times when people don't have a drum roll and somebody go, yay, thus saith the Lord. They, people don't have a clue what's going on. They have to. <laughs> Hallelujah. Turn with me, please, to two scriptures and I'll see if I can give you this healing message. If not, we'll just do whatever else the Lord says. Turn, please, to John, the 18th chapter and Luke 
22. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. What was that nursery rhyme about the old woman that lived in the shoe? Had so many children, she didn't know what to do. I got so many notes. <laughs> so far, hadn't used any of them. Thank you, Lord. For those of you that have not been with us, in these Friday evenings, we have been on the topic of healing, and the series is called uh, Receiving and Ministering Healing. Going through the scriptures, studying the Bible, how to receive healing, and also how to minister healing. We believe God has always been the healer. And he is the healer. We believe it's God's will for all to be healed. Amen. Amen. I want to say that again. I'd like a few extra amens on that. We believe it's God's will for all to be healed. Amen. Amen. Just, just like it's God's will for all to be saved and born again. We believe the same. Same. Someone says, well... No, it's obviously not God's will for everybody to be healed because they're not all healed. Well, that's like saying it's obviously not God's will for all to be saved because they're not all saved. No, just because something is the will of God does not mean it automatically happens. We know concerning the new birth, people have to believe it. And they have to receive it. Right? Is it true that Jesus has already paid the price for every sinner to be saved? Is that true? Yes. And is it true that it is God's will for all to be saved? Yes. But are they all saved? No, they are not. But could you say they're not saved because they're waiting on the Lord to save them? No. No, he's already paid the price. Any time that they will come and believe him and receive him and confess him as Lord, they could be born again. It just would be absolutely untrue for somebody to say, well, you know, I went down the wrong road and was a sinner and lived a miserable life for 35 years. And then I found the Lord and I guess the Lord just had me go that road. Certainly not. They could have been born again as a child. Never gone that way. Is that right? Absolutely not God's will for them to have gone through all that. No, 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 no. But the same thing is true about many other areas of life. Same thing is true about healing. God has already paid for our healing. Same Bible that said he took our sins says he took our sicknesses. How many have read scriptures and you know that's true? Jesus himself took our infirmities, bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. Amen. Well, why would he have carried them? Same reason he carried our sins, right? So we wouldn't have to. So we could be healed. It is his will for all to be healed today. Amen? It is. Now that's the first step toward healing. If you don't believe that, or if you've got questions about that, you cannot get any further until you get that settled. It is impossible for you to have faith to be healed and you questioning the will of God about healing. You can't. Faith, like Brother Bosworth said in his book, Christ the Healer, he said faith begins where the will of God is known. Amen. Thank God. I'm so glad I got it settled. I'm convinced. I'm persuaded. It's God's will for Keith to be healed. Every day of Keith's life. Amen. Amen. I'm not wondering about it. I'm not debating about it. Sometimes folks say, well, I don't believe that. Well, sorry. That's between you and God. I do. I'm convinced. Amen. If you're not, don't take my word for it or any other preacher's word for it. Get in this book. Amen. And take off the, the traditional blinders and the colored lenses of religion and see it for what it actually says. Yeah. Well, that's what we've been doing. Best as we know how. 
We've been going through case after case of people who got healed in Jesus' ministry because his is the best. Right? He knows how to get people healed. Amen? And uh, we said that there are about 19 individual cases of healing in the four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I'm going to adjust that a little bit, and I'm going to say 20 tonight. I told you about It depends on what you count, what you don't count. And you'll see why. This one doesn't have a whole lot of detail. But uh, I thought we should include it tonight before we go to our next step in our studies. But uh, many people were healed in Jesus' ministry. Multitudes, multitudes. But only about 19 or 20, or you could say 21. It depends on what you count. Where we're told who the people were. What was wrong with them? What they said and did, how they came to Jesus, how Jesus ministered to them. Some detail. Well, here's some detail. And I believe we can get quite a bit out of these couple of phrases. In John, what chapter did I tell you? 18 would be correct. And and, uh, go ahead and find while you're here, find Luke 22. So we can just go right from one to the other. John 18. And then we're going to turn right to Luke 22, and we are going to study the healing of Malchus. Of course, you all all know Malchus, right? Healing of Malchus. In, uh, (laughs) people are going, who's Malchus? John 18, if you know and the folk around you don't know, just, just be quiet. We'll all find out together. But I mean, you're already glad that Malchus got healed, aren't you? Yeah, thank God. We we don't have to know him. We're just glad he got healed. We want to see everybody get healed. In John, the 18th chapter, you'll see this right away. John 18. This is the account of Jesus when he was in the garden praying right before he went to the cross. And verse 3, Judas received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, and he came with lanterns and torches and weapons. And Jesus, knowing all things, he came forth, and he said, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said, I am he. And Judas, that betrayed him, stood with them. And as soon as he had said to them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. I'm going to believe there was power when he said, I am he. Actually, the word he is italicized, and he just said, I am. Well, this echoes back, amen, to the book of uh, Exodus. And Moses standing out by the bush, you remember that? Seeing this bush burn but not be consumed? God spoke to him out of the fire and told him to go Go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. And he said, well, uh, who will I say sent me? He said, you tell them I am that I am sent you. Hallelujah. You know, have you ever thought about that? What, what is that, Lord? You, you am. You am that you am. Well, how I many understand God is so big? You, you am What? He am a lot. Right? He am your God and your creator. He he am your healer. He am your deliverer. Anything you would ever need or require or desire, He am. Amen? I am. When Jesus said, I am, they all fell back on the ground. And uh, He asked them again, who are you looking for? I guess while they're getting up off the ground. They said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I told you that I am. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way. That the saying might be fulfilled which you spoke of them which you gave me, have I lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Malchus. 
Malchus. Then Jesus said to Peter, put up your sword into the sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? And so they, they bound him and they led him away to the high priest. And, and uh, this, this man, whose ear got cut off, was a servant of the high priest. The high priest was the one they were taking Jesus to. And this was a guy who worked for the high priest. Look in Luke now. Luke's account of this same healing. Now, did you get what we just read? Man got his ear cut off. But in Luke, Luke is, you know, of course, this is the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit speaking, but he's speaking through a man. Dr. Luke. Luke was a physician. And, and in studying our healing, these healing accounts, we find Dr. Luke will give you more detail, which would be natural, wouldn't it? I mean, he's a physician. He's used to examining patients and giving diagnosis. And so he's going to be specific. He's going to give details. You'll watch it. Looking in, looking in the accounts that we've studied, a lot of times they'll just say, so-and-so got a hand healed. Dr. Luke will say it was the right one, right hand. So-and-so had a fever. Dr. Luke says they had a great fever. He gives you descriptors. Well, Dr. Luke gives us some insight here. The Holy Ghost through him. Luke 22, 40. 22, 40. Jesus was in the garden. And uh, he, he said to those that were with him, pray that you enter not into temptation. He was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, kneeled down and prayed. And he said, Father, if you be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. There appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. You know, we have seen in our studies angels involved in the healing ministry. Haven't we? On more than one occasion, angels are involved in healings, oftentimes. You know, one thing that we ought to know, there's been so much uh, talk about angels, even in movies and television shows and people's books, and there's been some misconceptions. And, and people talk about, you know, people, humans who died and come back to the earth as angels has never happened and not going to happen. Did you hear me? We're in a different class of being from angels. We're actually in a higher class. Are you with me? Amen. Angels do uh, go to and from heaven and earth. And they can appear like a human being. Hebrews says to, to be watchful and careful to entertain strangers. Because some have entertained angels unawares without realizing it. Without knowing it. And we've all heard uh, stories about those kind of things. But here Jesus was in one of the most stressing, one of the places of where he was under the most duress in his life, in his ministry. And an angel strengthened him, helped him. Amen. I suppose both spiritually and physically. Anyway, it goes on to say that he was in an agony and prayed more earnestly. He rose up after that and he came and found his disciples asleep. He said, why are you sleeping? Rise up and pray lest you enter into temptation. See, they, they didn't know what was moments away. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? And when they which were about him saw what would follow, they said to him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And it's an interesting thing here. A lot of people try to, uh, they try to say, well, you know, Peter, excuse me, Luke doesn't tell you who cut off the servant's ear. But we've already found that out. John. I think John and Peter kind of had a little something going. 
You know, John talks about how when the Lord, the women told them that the Lord had been raised from the dead, he and uh, Peter, John and Peter, ran to the tomb. And he's sure to let you know that he beat Peter. You remember that? He got there first. He won't let you know that. <laughs> and, and John goes ahead and tells you it was Peter swinging the blade that night. The other guys are nice and say, well, there was somebody that pulled out a blade and started swinging. John said, it was Peter. <laughs> it's Peter. Puts his name in there. <laughs> How many understand that Peter was a gung-ho guy? A lot of times he'd talk when he should have been quiet. He'd move when he ought to have been waiting and listening. And other folk have had the same problems. But... People try to act like, you know, and they say, well, you know, no, Jesus was very, very much opposed to this, and he uh, he didn't approve of Peter pulling out this blade. Well, now, wait a minute. you got to go back and look at the whole story. Prior to this, right before they went over here, he said, you, you have, because he had told them before when he sent them out, he said, don't take anything with you. Right? And then he asked them, he said, when I sent you out like that, did you lack anything? They said, we didn't lack anything. He said, but now... Take this, and, and if you have any swords. And they said, we've got X amount of swords here. He said, that's enough. Anybody remember reading that? When you understand a sword, then is like a handgun now. They were packing. They were, weren't they? They had their blades. That was the equivalent of a, of a handgun or something like that. You know, and Jesus even talked about these kind of things. He said, you know, uh, if the goodman of the house had known what hour the thief was going to break in, he would have been there and not let him do it. Well, how's he going to keep him from it? Well, that's another subject. Did you hear me? But a lot of times people have ideas, and to them it sounds all fine and good, but it's unscriptural. But anyway, when this deal started going down, Peter is ready because he had piped up not long before this. When, when the Lord told him, he said, all of you is going to deny me and leave forsake me tonight. And they said, oh, uh-uh, no. And Peter was the most vocal. He said, no way. He patted his sword. He said, if I got to die with you tonight, I got you back, Jesus. I ain't going nowhere. And I, f- I think he meant it. Now, oh, fr- friends, learn a lesson. Learn, oh, thank you, Lord. Learn a lesson. Jesus had warned them. We see it here. He said, watch and pray so that you don't enter into temptation. He had told Peter. He said, before uh, this night's over, you're going to deny that you even know me. For before the rooster crows. And he said, no. No, I won't. Now, now, big mistake. Did you hear me? Big mistake. The Lord tells you, you're about to blow it. You don't get in his face and tell him he's wrong. Did you hear me? Big mistake. What should he have done? What should he, he should have fell down by the master's leg and said, can I keep from doing it? Can you, what can I do? He was telling them, watch and pray. Get on top of this. Some stuff's coming up. And, and a lot of people, they, they're sincere when they're telling you, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm here to help. But then things don't always turn out the way they thought they would. And as things unfold, they happen differently than you imagined that they would. And folks, romantic notions of ministry and service are not the same as reality. And it can get down to just who's got the grit, who's got the guts, who's got the love, who's got the faith. 
who will operate by faith. Even though it doesn't make sense to them, they don't understand it, but they'll just stay by faith and walk it through. The reason I'm telling you all this is because Peter had been very vocal. And when Jesus said, no, no, all of you is going to leave me. And they said, no, all of all of them said, no, we won't. He said, yeah, all of you are. No, we won't. And Peter was the most vocal. No way, Lord. No way. If I have to die with you, I will never leave you. And I think that's why he was so primed. When this thing started going down and these guys come to get Jesus and they are armed, he's the first one. He's locked and loaded. He meant what he said. And he draw, he, he's, he's, not, he's not a soldier. He's a fisherman. <laughs> but he's going to do it. How many understand you pull a blade on guards, you better be ready to die. Right? He did it. To his credit. He's not a wimp. Right? I guess maybe he figured, you know, I'm not, as, I'm not a soldier, but I'm going to get to jump on this guy. I don't think he was trying to trim his ear. <laughs> I think he was trying to take him out. But like we said, he's a fisherman. Right? So... <laughs> He's a fisherman. <laughs> Keep reading. <laughs> Glory to God. He said, Why are you asleep? Get up and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And while he yet spoke, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, Betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? When they which were about him saw what would follow, they saw the jig is up, man. It is coming down now. They said to him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? Apparently he didn't say no. Are you with me? There's no record that he said no. And he's the one told them to have the swords ready. I know some folk don't like that, but don't, don't make the Bible out like you think it is. It is the way it is. And it's right. Amen. He Apparently he didn't tell them no. And so, one of them, we know who that one, one of them is. <laughs> Brother Peter smote the servant of the high priest. The word smote is, you know, like, like a military word, strike. I mean, uh, tradition says Peter was a big old boy, and, and, and if he was, I think he put what he had into it. Because it clipped this guy's ear right off the side of his head. He smote him, the servant of the high priest, and cut off his right ear. Didn't cut it, cut it off. Cut it off. I don't know what the other guys were thinking. Whoa, Peter. Whoa. Oh, man. And you, you understand, right after this, everybody ran. We're not talking about very much time after this. Everybody ran for their life. You understand, this would be kind of like the police coming. Right? To get your pastor. He was their minister, right? He was the the police coming, armed, to get your pastor, and you pulling out a forty-five. How many understand? You pull out a forty-five with the police, you in trouble. <laughs> no, you ain't taking my preacher. You, you better have what's that stuff they wear? Kevlar. You better, you better have some bulletproof stuff on. You even act like you're going in here. You must less pull out and shoot somebody. Peter's done shot somebody. Here's a guy. How many years you don't cut off somebody's ear and it's just nothing going? What, what happened? Man's ear is off. 
laying on the ground. What else is happening do we know? Blood. Is that right? You're not going to cut off an ear with no blood. Blood everywhere. What else do you think is going on? Oh! <laughs> he cut my ear off. Huh? He's holding his head. Blood's going everywhere. Screaming. His buddy's going, what? What? I've been hit. <laughs> Officer down. Or at least his ear is down. Ear down. <laughs> Do you see why we don't automatically include this one with the other healing accounts? It's a little different. Ear is somewhere. It's, it's dark. Ear is somewhere. Blood's going. I suspect it hurts. Noise. And in the dark, people are wondering what. They don't know if he lost an arm or he's got a sword through his liver. They don't know what's going on. They just know he's hurt. And this fisherman is looking to cut somebody else. And they understand he ain't through. In his mind, he's already committed. If I die tonight, I die tonight. But Jesus, I got you back. Oh, friend, learn some lessons here now. This is the same man that hours later, hours, just hours later, is standing outside saying, I, I don't know him. I, I never, no, I don't know anything about him. What do you mean? No, I never traveled with him. No, I don't know the man. Same man, hours. You see how quickly things can change. How many believe he intended to stick with Jesus? He did. He, he, he thought he was ready to die for him. And I believe if it would have just went down to the wire with the sword fight right now, he would have. I think old Peter would have swung that thing till somebody did him in. But here's the thing. Things don't always go like you thought they would go. And then when Jesus didn't do some miracle when angels didn't come and stop this thing and, and they just drug him off and they're backhanding him and abusing him and he's not doing anything about it. They all got disillusioned and they all got confused. But that's still no reason to forsake somebody. But they did. They, they missed it. But not before this interesting thing happened. All this commotion's going on. This is not in church. Ain't no teaching going on. Ain't no supercharged organ playing. <laughs> They're out in the dark, in the night. People are armed. Somebody's already cut and bleeding. It's fight time. And in the midst of this, Jesus said, answered and said, suffer ye thus far. This is verse uh, 51. I think another way of saying that is, that's enough. That's enough. And I believe when he said that, Peter quit. They all quit. They're looking at him. Here's a guy holding his head. And he touched his ear and healed him. Did you hear that? Jesus touched his ear and healed him. Wow. It's not a healing meeting. This is not somebody who came to Jesus and, and said, could you help me and heal me? This is a man who works for somebody who hates Jesus. If he's heard anything about Jesus where he works, it's been all bad. 
And if he believes it, then he hates this man and believes he is a, a deceiver and believes he's a blasphemer and believes he deserves everything that's coming to him. You could say that this was an enemy to Jesus. Hmm? The man's not asking for healing. We, we've, we've subtitled all of our healing cases. Was it faith initiated or was it spirit initiated? And, and numerous ones we saw were faith initiated. We saw again and again, your faith made you whole. As you believe, so be it done to you. Your faith, your faith, your faith. And a few times we saw the Holy Ghost initiated something and then their faith took it and responded to it. Combination. And then we saw a few times where the Holy Ghost initiated. They weren't looking for it. They weren't asking for it. The Holy Ghost initiated it. This is one of those times. There's nothing said about this man's faith. He's not there to get healing. Didn't know he's going to need healing a few minutes ago. Right? The Holy Ghost initiated this. I want to ask you two big questions tonight. Because they really matter all across the body. Number one, who will God heal? Amen. Who will God heal? He healed this man who's coming to take him away to kill him. He taught us, love your enemies. Right? Do good to them that hate you. Well, that's sure an example of this, isn't it? Don't reward evil for evil, but reward good for evil. Here, these guys are ready to back him. He said, no, no, stop. That's enough. It's enough. Put your sword back in your sheath. And this is where it really started going sour for them. Because they thought, you're just going to let them take you? And it wasn't long after this, they're all running away, leaving Jesus. That's where real faith comes to bear when you don't understand, isn't it? That's where real commitment comes out, real faith, real love comes out when you don't understand. You don't know why. You can't see, you can't understand it. Real faith will still be there. Real commitment will stay anyway. Here's a man that is Jesus' enemy. And Jesus stops his disciples trying to defend him and stand up for him. And reaches and get this man's ear. Probably took a word of knowledge to find it. (laughs) And reached up and put it on his head. And in a moment, his ears whole again. This is a man trying to take him to jail. A man who is his enemy. And you got Christians that love God, call God their father, call Jesus their elder brother. And asking, is it his will to heal me? I don't know if God wants to heal me or not. Well, what kind of people does he heal? If he would heal somebody that's trying to kill him, don't believe in him, trying to hurt him, how much more would he heal somebody that loves him? Somebody that believes in him, somebody that wants to serve him. I'm asking a question. Who will God heal? Are y'all with me tonight now? Say it out loud with me. Who? Who? Will God heal? Because you you hear Christians all the time and say, well, you know, I hadn't been a very good Christian. This man was no Christian at all. I hadn't always done everything that I should. You didn't do this. (laughs) I've failed in so many ways. 
And I've come short in so many ways. Listen, Jesus healed his enemies. His enemies. And yet we've got Christians. I don't mean just one or two. We've got millions of Christians who believe that for some reason or another, God has chosen not to heal them. Millions. They'll tell you, well, I don't, you know, we just don't understand these things. But God in his sovereignty and in his wisdom has seen fit not to heal us or not to heal our brother or sister. Figure that. God will heal a man trying to kill him and won't heal his own children. Does that make sense to you? Well, you just don't have to figure it all out. You just got to accept. I don't have to accept your opinions and theories. (laughs) No, I don't. I'm to accept the word. And what I see in Jesus' ministry, which is a direct revelation of the will of God for all men for all time, he went about doing good and healing everybody. I mean everybody that came to him was healed. Glory to God. I think it'd do us good just to do a little bit of this. Go to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory to God. Turn to Matthew 4. Don't just look at me. Turn to the page. Read it in the text. I want you to see this. Matthew 4, 23. Are you there? Matthew 4, 23. Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing, healing all. Every time we see the word all or every or any, I want you to say it out loud with me. And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout All Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. What's implied? Them who? The all that came. Now we'll see it spelled out even plainer than this other places, but where were the unlucky ones that didn't get healed? The ones that it wasn't God's will to heal. Where are they? Go to the ninth chapter please. Nine. Nine thirty-five. Are you there? And Jesus. Nine thirty-five. Went about all the cities and villages. Teaching in their synagogues. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And healing Every sickness and every disease among the people. How many? Every. Every. Any. All. Skip down to the 10th chapter and verse 1. And when he had called to them his 12 disciples, he gave them power or authority against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal. To heal. All manner of sickness and all manner of disease. All. Everybody say all. All. We're reading the Bible now, right? Where were the unlucky ones? Where were the ones that it wasn't God's will to heal? Where are they? Go to the 12th chapter, please. 12. Oh, thank you. 12, chapter 12, some of you ought to be writing this down because uh, you you watch it, it it won't be very many days you'll wish you had because you're going to be talking to somebody and and this will come in real handy for you. You say, well, don't take my opinion for it. Let's just turn to a couple of scriptures here and see what you think. Are you there in chapter 12? Chapter 12, verse 15. When Jesus knew it, 12.15, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes, now let's just hold up, a multitude is a lot of people, thousands of people, 
Uh, great multitude is even more. Great multitudes, uh, plural, is even more. A whole lot of people. whole lot of, not just 50 or 100 people. Thousands of people followed him. And what happened? He healed the ones it was God's will to heal. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> it was God's will for all of them to be healed. Where are the unlucky ones? Where are the ones that it's not time for them to be healed? Where are the ones? He healed them. Them all. All. Like a friend of mine years ago, he's first getting started in the ministry, and he's looking up some scriptures, and so he saw this word all, and he thought, boy, I'm going to look that up and see what that really means. And so he looked it up in the Hebrew, and he looked it up in the Greek, and he looked it up in the Chaldean, and he looked it up in the Aramaic, and he did etymological studies, I mean, to the kazoo on it. And he came back and he said, man, I, I, I've searched it out. And I've looked at the Hebrew and the Greek and the Chaldean and, and, and the Aramaic. And he said, what this word all that's translated in the King James, what it really means, he said, is, is all. <laughs> that's what it really means. Yeah. I believe it means Amen. all. Amen. Can you handle another one or two? Go, go to the 14th chapter. Glory to God. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The 14th chapter and the 14th verse. Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude. And he was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. Well, now what's the implication? He healed some of their sick, part of their sick. No, it says he healed their sick. What would that imply? It's the same kind of thing that you read in all these other verses. You'd have to add to the scriptures to say that anybody was left out. He healed their sick. Look in the 15th chapter. 15, 30. 15, 30. Great multitudes. How many? Not just a multitude. Great multitude. Great multitudes came to him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. He healed them. Well, what, again, what would them imply? It would imply all that came to be healed. He didn't just say he healed some of them. didn't say he healed part of them. He healed them. Keep reading. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole. Now this is the only place I know of that talks about this. Maimed is something that would happen from just like what we were studying about tonight. In a battle or in an accident, an arm that was chewed up by a wild animal or, or partially destroyed in an accident, maimed. Can God heal maimed body parts? Aren't you glad you know somebody that can fix anything? Maimed. They saw the, the, the dumb to speak and the maimed to be whole and the lame to walk and the blind to see and they glorified the God of Israel. Nothing said about them glorifying God while they were blind and dumb and maimed, but when they got healed, it glorified God. Where are the unlucky ones? Where are the ones that wasn't His will to heal? Oh, thank God. I'm asking a question. Who will God heal? Who will he heal? <laughs> this is working. <laughs> it's getting in people's hearts. Some things don't happen overnight. That's why you've got to stay hooked. And we've had so much tradition taught to us for so many years. 
and people's ideas and theories and experiences instead of the Bible. But friend, you keep pumping the word in you. You know, you'll get so full. You ever pump gas in a car? How many understand there's a way you could know it was full if you didn't have a gas gauge? Huh? How would you know? Just pump that in there and keep, well, if it's, wonder if it's full. Just keep pumping. Huh? I wonder if I'm full. I wonder if I got it full or not. Just keep pumping. When it gets full, what starts happening? Well, the thing starts clicking off and it starts kicking back out of the mouth. How will I know if I get full of faith? Put the word nozzle in your ear. And just pump and pump. Don't, don't you be concerned you're going to hear too much word. Don't be concerned you're going to get too much faith. Ain't never happened. You just keep pumping the word. Pumping the word. Now, you know, not, not soap operas, not unbelieving movies, not, not romance novels, not junk. Pumping the word. The word. The Bible, good faith-building materials, put it in there and pump it. How, how will I know when I'm getting full? It'll start kicking back out of your mouth. It'll start coming out of your mouth. You'll start talking healing instead of being sick. You'll start talking living instead of dying. Amen? You'll start talking victory and hope instead of despair and depression. But whatever's in you is going to come out. You can't just try to put on a faith face and put on a good confession. But when the pressure's on, what's in you is going to come out. So we got to change what's in you. I got a sermon called, What Are You Full Of? (laughs) As you might imagine, you can meddle with that one. What are you full of? But you do understand... How do you know what people are full of? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will leak. Speak. It comes out. Right? It does. You, you watch it. I don't care who it is. You're around them for a little while. Whatever they're full of, they'll start talking about. If they're full of sports, you're not going to be around them any length of time. They're going to start talking sports. Well, how about those whoever? If they're full of something else, if they're full of unbelief, if they're full of fear, whatever it is. But if you're full of faith, that will come out too. If you're full of the Word, that's what will come out. A lot of folk can talk to you all afternoon about their condition and the Latin names for it and the experimental drug. They can talk to you for hours about their sickness and problem. Can't talk to you for two minutes about the Word on it. Well, they're full of fear. Full of unbelief. Full of knowledge and not faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who will God heal? He healed everybody that ever came to him to be healed. Everybody. He healed people who didn't come to him to be healed. He healed people who came to hurt him. He healed people who came to haul him away to jail. Reached up. Put that ear on the side of his head. <laughs> An anointing. Everybody say anointing. Oh, glory to God. Healing anointing came on him. Now, now get this. You run across somebody that tells you, I don't believe in healing. If you run across somebody and they say, I don't believe in that healing stuff. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in healing. You ask them this one simple question. Did you ever skin your knee? Or your elbow. They might say. Oh yeah ma'am. You know when I was six years old. I got a new bike. And I was coming down a big hill. Whoo, I lost it. And I skinned my knee. You say well let's see it. Oh no. I mean it's it's healed. It's what? <laughs> Thought you don't believe in that. Oh well that, that's different. No it's not. That's what we're talking about. Healing. There are no intelligent people who don't believe in healing. There are none. Anybody with any sense knows they've scratched their hand, they've scratched, skint their knees, something, and they've been healed up. Let's look at it. No, it's healed. You don't believe in that. 
Oh, that's different. Who said it's different? What we're talking about is the same thing. Just different degrees of it. There's so much here in these two phrases. What happened? Now, what, what would have happened today? Somebody sliced off this man's ear. What would most time folk would have done? Right. Grabbed him. Let's find the ear. Right. Get him to the emergency room. And that's okay. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Get us a surgeon, a doctor, somebody. Sew that thing back on. Right. Sew it back on. Especially somebody who's good at it. Let's get us a plastic surgeon. Who can sew it so good, you can't even see where it was sewn. And in the process of time, that ear could grow back and could look pretty good. Right? Could heal up. Right? How long would it take? At least weeks and really months. Right? Months. Why? God made us. God made the human body. And he put a certain amount of healing power in the human body, sinner and Christian alike, to maintain the body. Is that right? There's a certain amount of healing in us. God put it there. Aren't you thankful for that? Have you ever thought about that? You're walking around with a certain amount of healing Resident in you. Right? How many recently had a scrape or a scratch or something and it's healed up real nicely and you're happy about it? Well, see, that was in you. God put that in you. And so somebody sewed that ear on, it would have grown back, uh, you know, if if the job was right. And and, and that kind of thing has happened numerous times. And, And they could wind up still looking just fine in a matter of months or maybe years. But here... Jesus picks that up, puts it on, and just like that, it's totally healed and whole and perfect. What's happened? The degree of healing power that's normally in the body was supplemented (laughs) with much higher degrees of the same thing. It's all from the same source. I said it's all from the same source. Brother Hagin said in one of the visions... That the Lord spoke to him and told him, he said, anytime somebody has a surgery or anytime the doctors work on a part of somebody's body, he said, always ask me, the Lord's telling him this, always ask me to speed up the healing process. Did you hear that now? Friend, that's excellent advice. If somebody has a surgery, somebody has something going, you know, it'd take X amount of time normally for them to heal up, but ask the Lord to speed up. The healing process. And if it's doubled or tripled, then it'll take half as long to heal as it normally would or a third as long as it normally would. And there are levels of healing so great and so powerful till it's done in a moment of time. Like this. I said like this. I believe in healing. I believe all levels of healing. From your knee healing up over a period of weeks till enough healing to do it in a moment. Amen. Who will God heal? Tell me again. Healed his enemies. Healed people coming over after him, take him to jail. Surely he'd heal his own kids. Right? If he will heal his enemies, surely he'd heal his own kids. Okay, secondly now. What? Will God heal? What will God heal? He healed this man's what? Ear. Is that ear vital to his survival? Could he have lived without that ear? Hmm? Sure he could. Not just lived. He could have made it fine. Might have bothered him, you know. Might have made him concerned about his looks. Couldn't hear as well out of that ear. But he probably could still hear. 
and still function normally and do most everything in life without an ear? Sure. And yet, in the midst, Jesus has just been out of the one of the most distressing points of his life was sweating blood. He's facing the cross right now. And yet, the will of God is manifest through him to show that he cares about an ear on his enemy. And yet you got Christians whose liver is eat up with cancer. And not sure if it's God's will to heal them or not. God would heal his enemy's ear. And he wouldn't heal the child of God's vital organ. Are you with me now? I'm asking you a question. What will God heal? If he will instantly minister healing power to his enemy's ear. If he keeps track of the number of the hairs on your head. He didn't want you to be bothered with anything. He will heal toenail problems. He will heal any kind of allergy. He will heal anything that's been bothering you or or hurting you or, or distracting you. People put up with stuff. That they don't have to because they, they're filled with all kind of questions and confusion and unbelief. Well, I don't know. I don't want to bother the Lord with this. If he's got time in the midst of one of the toughest times of his life to minister healing to an ear flap on an enemy, certainly he's got time for you, child of God. Amen. And cares about your stomach and your Pancreas and your kidneys and your skin, your nose. Did you hear me? He cares. I said he cares. I said he cares. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.